You're listening to a podcast from Services Australia. Coronavirus has forever changed the way we connect, and many people may find themselves in need of mental health support for the first time. G'day, I'm Hank Jongan, General Manager with Services Australia. In this Coronavirus Conversation podcast, we'll chat about mental health services we provide and how to stay on top of things in challenging times. Joining me today is one of our social workers, Andrea Mills. Welcome, Andrea. Hey, Hank. Thanks for having me. So let's just look at this issue of mental health. Um, You know, over the recent years, so many sports stars, politicians, celebrities have come forward and identified themselves as having mental health issues. Um, I guess really that leads to the question, who can develop mental health issues? Is it hereditary? Those sorts of issues. Yeah, so we all have mental health. You know, Hank, I think that's really important to, you know, firstly point out. And if we look at mental health, it's, it's important to look at it, like I like to look at it on like a continuum like where mental health is at one hand and which represents, you know, like good feelings that that we're functioning well um, through to more severe symptoms of like a mental health condition, you know, at at the other end of of, of the continuum. So the other thing I, I, when I, when I think about mental health is that it's not fixed, it's not static and we can move back and forth along this scale at different times during our lives. So, you know, so really like mental health is it like it includes our you know our emotional health our psychological and our social and our social well-being and it affects how how we think how we feel how we act and um, it also can determine how we handle things like stress and and relate to others it it really has a on an impact on every aspect of, of our life and how we make choices as well. And, and um, Andrea, are, are there any sort of statistics that illustrate the sort of extent or scope of mental illness? Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at Australian statistics, we look at um, like almost over half of Australians aged between you know, 16 and 85 will experience a mental illness at some point in their life. And about one in seven children and adolescents between the ages of Four seventeen um, have recently experienced a mental health disorder, so it's quite it's quite confronting sometimes when we hear statistics like that. But also puts it in perspective as well around how important and our mental health is. So, what are the sort of most common mental health conditions? I, I guess really we've got to put a little bit of context around what we're talking about, don't we? Definitely. So. Some of the most common um, mental health conditions are anxiety disorders, depressive disorders, substance misuse um, misuse disorders, and eating disorders. So they're the most common, the most common mental health issues that we face in Australia. And they're also some of the ones I know, like working as a social worker, that I come across like every every single day with with the clients I work with. Okay, And, and and look in my opening comments one of the things I sort of raised was, is this hereditary? Um, Mm. Is that a factor? Absolutely. So 
when, when we experience mental health problems, there's, there's certain factors that, that contribute. So there's biological factors such as our uniqueness, our, our genes, our, our brain chemistry. And then there's life experiences such as trauma and, and abuse. And then there's family history of mental health problems. So for example, people may have a vulnerability to mental illness due to family history. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will develop a mental illness. Um, and on the other side of things, someone may develop a mental illness who has no family history. So anyone can develop a mental illness. It just means that everyone should be really pay attention um, to their mental health. A mental health care plan is a support plan for someone who is going through mental health issues. Contact your doctor to make the plan together. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I imagine that most cases of mental illness come gradually, build over time, uh, which would, I guess, make it hard to spot in ourselves or even, you know, to, to look at our friends and family uh, to detect at these early stages. Um, are there any sort of behaviours or cues that might show that we or someone we know is being affected by a mental illness? So I think firstly, if we are worried about our mental health or someone else's health, you might feel about unsure, like how to, how to seek professional help, help or whether you actually need it. So yeah, there's definitely some, some key indicators. So in general, like if you've been feeling really worried or sad, anxious, angry, depressed, numb, like feelings like that for more like for more than say a several, you know, more than several weeks or, or if you're just feeling like you're out of sorts and you just can't cope with your, you know, with your day-to-day -day life, like you might be struggling to get out of bed and, or just noticing that how you're feeling is really impacting on your relationships. That in itself might be an indicator to, to link in with, um, with, with, a, with a GP. It's like your body is telling you like something's not right here. Like I, I, I need, I need some help. Also, I think as a person, when you're trying to support someone who has mental health issues or whose well-being you're concerned about, um, there's lots of challenges around like how do I approach that? So some of the things that, that we would be looking at, um, some of the signs, if you're concerned about someone, would be something like someone not looking after themselves, such as not showering or, you know, or wearing unwashed clothes. Um, other things might be noticing changes in, in their sleep patterns. So their sleep hygiene, oversleeping or sleeping or not sleeping at all, avoiding social interactions. So that could be like the person who's really, um, is usually really um, actively social, suddenly becomes quite maybe withdrawn. Um, prolonged sadness or like depression and feeling irritable. Um, feelings of extremes like highs and lows. Um, maybe even use of drugs and alcohol like to cope with stressful situations. Um, having low energy and motivation as, as well is, is, is an indicator. Strange thoughts or, or delusions. Uh, worrying like excessively about about things so you know usually if we if we look at anxiety that might be you know it's very normal to feel um, anxious say about uh, like a situation so maybe like about a, um, a job interview for example but when it is prolonged and persistent you can start to feel very very uncomfortable and other things could be confusing thoughts strong feelings of anger 
and suicidal thoughts and self-harming behavior are some other signs that you might be struggling with with your mental health so i guess the big thing is is that if you're not feeling like yourself don't wait for things to get worse before seeking help because what a lot of research shows is that early treatment can reduce the length and severity of, of mental health issues it's really interesting listening to you outline um, those different elements and it seems that it's almost divided into two groups. One, very subtle, slow changes that affect an individual. And then there are some other more extreme elements that you talked about, for example, people with extreme highs and lows, yeah. and also people that may be delusional that are seeing things that mm -hmm. aren't there. So Andrea, let's say you've identified um, someone who, you know, based on the points you've made, you think might need some help. How, how do you broach the subject? How do you um, deal with someone who may in fact also resist any overtures that you make? Yeah, so it can be really hard to know how to support someone who has a mental health issue, whose well-being you're, you're concerned about. Like that is definitely something I know I've had in, in my experience just as a friend. So as friends, family and colleagues, we're a crucial and necessary support mechanism for, for someone going through difficult times and can often be the first person to notice someone's not doing well because they don't have that awareness or insight at, you know, at that point. And I think it's just really important that we don't criticize someone, we don't force them, but we provide a space of um, care and concern. And that could be something like, I'm really worried about you, you're, you're not as outgoing, you, you seem like you're really down. It could just be having a really safe space as a concerned friend and family member, or even as a colleague to say, do you want to talk about something? Are you struggling right now? And from that could be something like, identifying that that individual needs some help and they might identify that as well and it could be supporting someone to make an appointment with, with their with their gp but when they're ready and i think that's one of the biggest things is that sometimes someone's not ready to engage with with a psychologist or engage with their you know their gp around what's going on for them because it's uncomfortable it doesn't feel nice but they're just not ready. We're ready for them to do that, but they're not ready. So it's just providing that, that, that support, not, not criticizing, not forcing, because that, that can just create more resistance and more distance and isolation. Now, of course, Andrea, there can be um, real consequences, um, you know, that arise as a result of severe mental illness. Um, if you're concerned about someone's safety, what, sh what should you do? So if you have concerns about, you know, a family member, a friend, a neighbour, a colleague's safety, you should immediately get get support by calling triple zero um you should stay with them as well if you are if you are with them um and, and call triple zero for that professional support and help and because that's yeah. all you do that's actually yeah. all you do that's as we as as professionals that's all we do as well so if, if someone came into our office and presented as suicide or we would do a suicide risk assessment and then we would look at um 
and, and we are, you know, under the Mental Health Act and as per our processes and procedures, we, we call triple zero and we, we get them the support that they need and they're usually taken um, by ambulance to the local ED for, um, for further assessment around their mental health. So I think just as, as a, you know, as a concerned person for, for someone in, in the community or a family member or friend, the, the process is the same, is that if you're concerned about someone, you have acute concerns about them, is that you call triple zero. And if you're with them, stay with them. Don't leave them. If you are experiencing a personal crisis or have suicidal thoughts, call Lifeline on 131 114. You can call them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, can we just turn to the coronavirus and the impact that that's had on mental health issues? I know from my own perspective, um, particularly during a period of isolation, I found myself much uh, more strongly reacting to sad stories that I saw on the internet, for example, Mm. you know, stories Mm. about uh, dogs that have been rescued and uh, revived. And I found that it had a very strong impact um, in terms of the way I reacted. Is, Is that sort of fairly typical? Definitely. I've found in my work and even with my friends and my family um, that these times have really caused a lot of fear and anxiety and uncertainty for, for so many of us. So, and that brings about thoughts of job security, you know, extra worry about how am I going to pay the rent, pay the bills, if I'm going to put, do I have enough money to put food on the table? So these are all very heightened times for for us all and I think the other side of things that I've noticed as well is that the emotional and spiritual stress of past trauma of abuse and oppression like that is also being triggered by by the pandemic as well so really people are just experienced this real increased fear stress anxiety and I think also people with mental health problems may even be more vulnerable to these stresses um, related to the coronavirus situation which is definitely something I I've noticed in, in my day-to-day work as well. But the other side of that is that people who have never suffered anxiety or depression um, are developing these types of symptoms during these uncertain times too. So it, it has, it's, it's been a very strange and un, uneasy time for, for so many of us. And, but I think it's just really important to understand that we're not alone. And that's what that isolation has, has brought about as well. Like there's a lot of loneliness that that can come with this environment that, that we, have been, we have been living in. Yeah, I think that point about loneliness is uh, pretty important uh, because of course there's a few elements. So there's a reduction in physical contact um, mm. There's that impact on your personal relationships. And of course, I, I guess really there's also reduced access to support services. Would that be a factor? Yes, definitely. Or, or just how support services provide a service. So instead of being able to say, like, go and see your caseworker or go and see a, um, you know, or, or have that contact with, with someone 
um, that, that that you're seeing, for example, around your mental health, like your like, like your psychologist, you're doing everything via via say like Zoom. So you're not even having that that person to person contact. And for some people, that's or for most of us, you know, connection is is so important. So the restructure of how we connect has definitely in, in my work has has really changed for, for people and has and it's definitely impacted on on their mental health and well-being. And look, this year we've all reflected on what a tough year's year it's been and you've talked about services that are available, but is there anything that we can do for ourselves uh, during this tough time? I just want to point out that there's not one way to cope with what we're experiencing and how you are feeling there are others feeling feeling the same way like you, you're not alone in in what you're going through um, so there's a lot of things that are outside our control right now which can be really really scary and by focusing on the things that we can control that can help refuel ourselves and we can become more grounded and focused and be able to cope with things that are outside of our control, such as job losses, being in lockdown and, and, and things like that. So the, the real important thing is around self-care. You know, self-care is, is how we look after ourselves. It is how we look after our mind, body, spirit. So when, when we look at that, it's, you know, they, they can be really simple things which can sometimes feel not that simple that I want to point out. So one of the big things is regular and daily routine. Getting into a routine helps set us up for, helps set us up for the day. And that can be something like having a, rec a regular exercise um, routine, like eating a healthy diet. So we are what we eat. I'm sure we've all heard, we've all heard that before. So really nourishing ourselves. Um, once again, that, that good sleep hygiene, which is really about, sleep hygiene is about um, how like going to bed, maybe like at the same, like at the same time um, every, every night, using your, using your bedroom for only sleeping. Um, so um, having, getting enough sleep, which is important, avoiding naps, avoiding stimulants such as coffee in the afternoon and alcohol and, and things like that. No, no disruptions as well. So when you, when you get ready to go to bed, it's, it's, it's really important that um, there is a school of thought that an hour before you go to bed, you, you shouldn't watch TV and you shouldn't be on your phone and, and things like that. So it's, um, it's, a good, it's, a, it's good to get into a really good sleep pattern. Um, so in that as well is avoiding stimulants such as tobacco, alcohol and drugs. Um, limiting your, your screen time just in general like I've noticed recently that I was feeling that I was just using my like my, my phone and going on you know Instagram and Facebook and um, LinkedIn and places like that and it was just like a time filler and all of us all of a sudden I was like oh my god I've been on here for an hour um, so it's really important that 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 we become a bit more conscious, I believe, around how much screen time we're, you know, we're utilizing. Um, the other things are, um, to help us are things like meditation. Meditation helps ground us. Meditation helps, you know, bring us back and, and giving us ourselves some time that's purely just about us. I know a lot of people talk about struggling with meditation and there are some great apps out there um, that, that you can download from for free and, and use just by searching on, on like on your, on your apps um, 
store. Um, also prayer can be very helpful for some people. Um, another thing is limiting your exposure to news. So when we're in such a negative environment where so many things can feel really overwhelming, sometimes watching the news is, is not healthy because it can just feel, you can just feel really deflated and, and quite depressed around the state of the world because it, I don't know about you, but I, I just feel that if I watch the news, it's everything is just bad on the news, you know, there's no good news. Um, yeah, another really, um, I think, important thing is to find joy, like engage back into hobbies that you may um, have left behind like many years ago. Like find things that, that bring you happiness, um, start a new project. These are all really good things for, for your mental health. Um, try and focus on more so positive things in your life as well. Um, that, that can be helpful too. Um, also, connect with others and accept support. I think connection is, is such a big thing in, in, in supporting ourselves and, and, supported and, and supporting others. And for some people, it's engaging in spiritual or other activities that, that give their life meaning and purpose. Mm. Actually, so, yeah. as, as you were talking, um, I must confess, I was having a little tick list here because, um, uh, you know, there's there's a few elements that you were talking about that I must admit uh, don't exactly square up with me trying to work towards better health overall. And uh, yeah. I must say I was a bit shocked by cut out screen time one hour before you go to bed. But look, um, I guess really, as you say, not any, not any single issue is a way of addressing this. There's a whole range of a combination of factors. Now, we've talked about seeking professional help. And, um, you know, we, th there may be a need to refer people to other services like psychologists, psychiatrists, etc. But of course, during the pandemic, well, there's also just the simple fundamental straight question of how do you take that step? And particularly in an environment where you may not be able to visit during a pandemic. And of course, for some, uh, they're faced with the fact that it may be too expensive. Yeah, absolutely. So look, mental illness and psychological distress are really difficult things number one to talk about for, for many of us and if you're already feeling out of sorts for for a while and you're thinking I, I want to engage in, in professional help and where do I start it, it can be a daunting process um, it's actually a really simple process it's engaging with your with your doctor with your general practitioner um, is your first point of contact for any mental health, any mental health issue. So um, for some people who might not have, a, you know, a regular, a regular GP, a, a real important thing is to engage with a doctor that is knowledgeable, skilled and helpful and that you feel comfortable with. I think that's the number one thing, like you need to feel comfortable with engaging with someone and being able to talk openly around how, how, how you're feeling so you can be, so you can get the right support. Um, so by engaging with your, with, with your GP, what you would expect is um, they would, they would help you with, with, you know, with care and support around your concerns and, um, and they would help you with a range of mental health and suicide prevention services. And they will also work with you and create what they call a personalized mental health care plan. So 
a mental health care plan is a plan to treat your mental health issues and it sets the outcomes you and your doctor hope to achieve. And, um, and through that, you would be, um, there would be referrals made to, to professionals like so, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, occupational therapists, so from there you would be yeah you would be um you would be referred so with the mental health care plan um by doing that it makes the treatments more affordable um, and this is because it allows you to claim your appointments through um or on medicare so you will get um you'll be able to claim the medicare rebate on up to 10 sessions with um with with a, say with a psychologist and in a calendar year and in fact in <laughs> fact uh, the government has just announced that it's doubled that 10 to 20 during this pandemic isn't that the case yes yeah, so if you have been impacted by covid-19 you may be able to get an extra 10 um yeah 10 sessions that's absolutely right and that comes down to um, if your movements were restricted in your state or if you required to self-isolate or quarantine. So the best thing to do is always consult with your, with your GP to see if you're eligible for those extra 10 sessions because um, they will be, they'll, they're the ones who do the referring. And the other thing to make note of around um, affordability is that uh, some, um, some specialists do um, have a gap fee, so which isn't covered by, by Medicare. So you can ask your GP um, to refer you to a to a professional who doesn't who doesn't charge the gap fee as well. Okay, uh, and look, there's other support also available uh, beyond the sort of formal medical and psychological services that are uh, available. Uh, isn't that the case? Yes, there's a large number of, of support services that, that we can access. Um, some of these services you access like online and via the telephone. There's services like Beyond Blue, Kids Helpline, Lifeline, Men's Line, Sane Australia, Suicide Callback Service. Um, there are plenty more that, um, that provide you know, at this, this tailored service that, that you can link in with. And um, you can go online and search the Head to Help website, and they have a long list of um, of, of mental health services that, that you can find and access. And of course, let's not forget that uh, within Services Australia, we have an excellent social work service. We absolutely do, Hank. We have very skilled social workers who are knowledgeable around um, mental health conditions, and it was one of our main referrers, referral issues that that we work with with our with our clients that that access our service. So we are definitely a point of contact for supporting anyone who would um, who requires support, referrals, um, and um, and support during this during this time or any other time. Services Australia can provide financial support if you have a condition that stops you from working. Go to our website at servicesaustralia.gov.au to find out more. Andrea, thank you so much for um, helping us with this really informative session. Um, and I guess really it just highlights that in these times, it's important to keep issues relating to mental health front of mind. You can contact a Services Australia social worker by calling us on the same number you use to call Centrelink 
and asking to speak with one. All our social workers are trained and qualified and you can get their help for free. We've got another podcast in our coronavirus conversation series called Families Under Pressure. This also looks at some of the emotional and financial pressures families could be facing right now and where to go for support. If you're interested, you can find it at mediahub/servicesaustralia.gov.au. If this podcast has brought up any concerns about your own or your loved one's mental health, please contact the support services we've discussed in this podcast and seek professional medical advice. The information in this podcast is current as at the time of recording. Please look at our webpage, servicesaustralia.gov.au, for the information about our payments. Thank you for joining us. I'm Hank Jongen. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to a podcast from Services Australia. For more information, visit servicesaustralia.gov.au.